a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. To many, Colin Powell was a great leader and the kind of person you would want as a role model and a mentor. But what was it? What was it that made him one of the most admired Americans in modern history? It wasn't just about the headlines. It was about lessons in leadership. Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. So we do have to think again about what is it that allowed him to lead in such a way. We're really pleased to have joining us back on the program, Roger Porter, who is IBM professor of business and government at Harvard University, uh, and one who was fortunate enough to cross paths with Colin Powell on many occasions, including recently. And he joins us on the line now. Professor Porter, thanks for joining us. My pleasure, Boyd. And uh, you were with Colin Powell uh, back in July of this year, not that long ago. Tell us uh, why you were meeting and uh, tell us about that conversation. Well, uh I was in Washington along with Mike Ford, uh, President Ford's uh, oldest son, to present to Colin Powell the Gerald R. Ford Presidential Medal for Distinguished Public Service. Uh, Once each year, uh, an outstanding American is selected for uh, this honor, and uh, for 2021, it was Colin Powell. And uh, we uh, were in Washington uh, with him on the 15th of July. Uh, I had known him well over many, many years, having served with him in the in the Reagan and George H.W. Bush administrations. And then both of us were White House fellows. He was a few years ahead of me, but we had a uh, uh, a long association with that. So. It was uh, it was a meeting again of friends. I would see him periodically, uh, and he was uh, just uh, he was in. Actually, he looked terrific uh, when <laughs> when they came up. He thrust out his hand, and I said, well, "Colin, how are you doing?" And he said, "Well, you know, other than my multiple myeloma, cancer, and Parkinson disease, I feel fine." And uh, and he looked good. Uh, His mind was alert. Uh, Our uh, discussion ranged very widely. We spent about an hour and a half together. Uh, And uh, he was, uh, uh, I had no idea that he was on the verge of of, uh, catching COVID uh, and uh, passing on. And and his wife, Alma, also got COVID, although she's she's managed to recover. Yeah. Well, as you you reflect on that, interaction in that time I, I always say the being a fly on the wall would be like the like my all-time great achievement to be able to listen in to those kinds of conversations of people who have been in the room where a lot of things happened historically uh, over different uh, administrations 
what were some of the things that you observed in Colin Powell that were part of his leadership legacy that maybe we're not talking about amongst his many accolades and achievements? Yeah. Um, in my experience, as people ascend the ladder of success and acquire certain positions, for some of them, it changes them. And for others, it changes them very little. When I first knew Colin Powell, he was a, a, a junior officer in uh, the Army. He later became National Security Advisor, Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, the youngest in, in, in history, and uh, our 65th Secretary of State. And working with him throughout that period, I discovered that the fact that he was ascending to higher positions did not change his character, the way he treated people. He treated everyone at whatever rank uh, in the same with the same respect that he did people who were uh, considered to be his peers. He's probably one of the best loved secretaries of state we ever had by the people who worked in the State Department. He yeah. made certain, for example, that they all had a computer, uh, which had not been the case before. He would walk the halls. It's often called leading by walking around yeah. and pop into people's offices and ask how they were doing. So one of the things that I learned from him is that if, as, as one ascends the, the ladder of success, you can do it without changing your fundamental character. Uh, I love that, and uh, we, we need more people like that. And, Roger, before I let you go, I want to sneak in one last uh, question because you've you've been a student of leadership and you've led in so many different ways throughout your career. And one of the things that you noted, you had a great piece at Deseret.com today about Colin Powell, about his leadership, but you also kind of put him into this classification of what I call the balls and strikes brigade. Uh, so often organizations are managed up and things get sugar-coated on their way to the C-suite. And uh, we, we tell yeah. leaders only what we think they want to hear. And you pointed out that for Colin Powell, that was that was never an option to, to manage up. It was always about the truth uh, and calling balls and strikes. Uh, you are absolutely correct that it tends to be, at least in my experience, uh, commonplace among human beings to tell people in superior positions what we think they want to hear rather than what we think they need to know. And Colin Powell was one of those people uh, who, in the meetings that I attended uh, with him uh, in the White House, was one who told the president exactly what he thought he needed to know. Presidents knew that once a decision was made, he would go out and support it. But in the run-up to the decision, he was very clear on what he thought was the wisest thing for the president to do, the direction that he thought policy should take. And in my experience working closely with three presidents, they discover this about people, and they really do like and appreciate people who tell them what they think they need to know rather than what they think they want to hear. 
great insight as always. Roger Porter is the IBM yeah. professor of business and government at Harvard University. He served as the assistant to the president for economic and domestic policy uh, and always gives us great insight. Roger, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Uh, again, that's Roger Porter. Great piece on Deseret.com. You can check that out. Uh, but I love those two qualities of leadership, that you don't change your character as you ascend those opportunities and move up in positions of power, and that you always are the one in the room who tells the leader what they need to know, not what you think they want to hear. We've got to end the manage up, whether it's in our politics, in our businesses, or in our communities. If we get to the truth... We can solve all kinds of problems, and that's where we've got to get. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.